0: Folks, folks, uh, thank you very, very much for being here and giving me this opportunity. I uh, will say at the outset uh, that um, the speech I'm going to give you today, I planned on coming when we set this up uh, some weeks ago and talk about uh, agricultural policy, unions, rural policy, et cetera. But um, too much has happened in the recent past. and. Uh, I have prepared for me what is a, uh, a speech that I hope uh, will set a marker for uh, what we should be doing. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10. We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, shame on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents. There were three hundred and twenty-nine uprisings two hundred and fifty-seven cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fanny had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our, our external, external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. You all know the words of a president matters. They can move markets. They can send our brave women and men to war. They can bring peace. They can calm a nation in turmoil. They can console and confront and comfort those who have faced tragedy. They can inspire us literally to reach for the moon. They can uh, (coughs) encourage us to appeal to our better angels, to our better nature. But they can also unleash the deepest, darkest forces in this nation. And that's what I believe Donald Trump has chosen to do. When he said, after Charlottesville, there were, and I quote, very fine people on both sides. I said then it gave license and safe harbor to white supremacists and neo-Nazis and to the Ku Klux Klan. These words not only stunned America, but they stunned the world. And in doing so, he assigned a moral equivalence a moral equivalence be- between those spewing hate and those with the courage to stand against it. I said at the time, we're in a battle for the soul of this nation. I said it again when I announced my candidacy. And I say it here today. We are in a battle for the soul of this nation. That's why, primarily, I'm running for president. Charlottesville Charlottesville was no isolated incident. When Trump announced he was running for president, he called Mexicans rapists. Days before the midterm, he fomented fears of a caravan heading to the United States, creating a hysteria, hysteria, when he said, "Look, look what's marching up. This is an invasion, an invasion." He asserted that immigrants would, quote, carve you up with a knife. More recently, he called American, a major American center, city, a disgusting rat-infected rodent mess. No human being, he said, would choose to live as though the vibrant, diverse community around Baltimore somehow was less than human. At a rally in Florida, when he asked the crowd, how do we stop these people? Meaning immigrants. Someone yelled back, shoot them. And he smiled. In North Carolina, he basked in the chance of send her back, echoing across the stadium. How far is it from Trump saying this is an invasion to the shooter in El Paso declaring, quote, this attack is a response to Hispanic invasion of Texas. How far apart are those comments? How far is it from white supremacists and neo-Nazis in Charlottesville, Trump's very fine people chanting, you will replace us, to the shooter at the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh saying, we're committing genocide. Jews are committing genocide on his people, I don't think it's that far at all, It's both clear language and in code this President has fanned the flames of white supremacy in this nation. His low energy, vacant-eyed mouthing of the words written for him condemning white supremacists this week, I don't believe fooled anyone at home or abroad. His energetic embrace, the energetic embrace of this President, by the darkest hearts and most hate-filled minds in this country, say it all. When the white nationalist Richard Spencer celebrated Trump's election by declaring, Hail Trump! At an alt-right conference where the Nazi salute was being used. In Charlottesville, David Duke, The former leader of the the KKK said, this is why we voted for Donald Trump, because he said he's going to take back the country. After Trump tweeted his go back screed, a leading Nazi website, neo-Nazi website said, this is the kind of nationalism we elected him for. He knows it. He saw it. And on 8chan, a haven for radicalism on the Internet, where a declaration of hate linked to El Paso Shooter was posted, one commentator wrote that Trump is helping normalize the most extreme radical sentiments because his perceived authority carries so much weight. We have a problem with this rising tide of supremacy, white supremacy, in America. And we have a President who encourages and emboldens it. The statistics are clear. Extremism is on the rise in America. The Southern Poverty Center finds that, of the 1,020 hate groups operating in the United States in 2018, that's how many there are they pointed out that white nationalist groups have surged by over 50 percent. In 2017, an active shooter with ties to white extremism claimed 135 victims and 70 killed. According to the Anti-Defamation League, all but one of the 50 extremist-linked murders, counted in 2018, had direct links to white supremacists. His own FBI director recently testified to Congress that extreme white right-wing groups, white nationalists, pose the greatest threat to racially-motivated domestic terrorism. And what has Trump done? He's poured fuel on the fire. He's retweeted postings from extremists and white nationalists. He's cutting funding, in some cases completely eliminating funding, initiated by Barack, by the President and I, in our administration, to counter violent extremism at home. Trump readily, eagerly, attacks Islamic terrorism, but can barely bring himself to use the words white supremacy. And even when he says it, he doesn't appear to believe it. He seems more concerned about losing their votes than beating back this hateful ideology. He says guns are not the problem in mass shootings. The issue is mental health. It's a dodge. Hatred isn't a mental health issue. I can tell you, as the guy along with Senator Dianne Feinstein got the assault weapons ban and the high capacity magazines banned in this country for 10 years, the elected president, we will do it again. We will do it again. A hundred rounds in Dayton, 30 round clips in El Paso. They'll be banned. And when we do it, we'll put in place a buyback program to get as many of these military-style weapons of war as possible off the street. And we need, we need a domestic terrorism law. We can do it without infringing on anyone's free speech, without tampering with anybody's liberties. Quite simply, we have to make the same commitment as a nation to root out domestic terrorism, as we have in stopping international terrorism. I wish I could say that this all began with Donald Trump and will end with him, but it didn't, and I won't. American history is not a fairy tale. The battle for this soul of the nation has been a constant push-and-pull for 243 years between the American ideal that says we're all created equal and the harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. The same document that promised to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity also allowed for slavery and the so-called three-fifths compromise that discounted the very humanity of black people in America at the time. The honest truth is, both elements are part of the American character. At our best, the American ideal wins out, but it's never a rout, it's always a fight, and it's a battle that is never fully finished. Go back to the beginning. Thomas Jefferson wrote what many believe to be the most important document, civil document, in human history. But he was a slaveholder. We've never lived up to our American ideals. Jefferson himself didn't. But what he wrote has pulled us towards justice for more than two centuries, and it still does. It remains this nation's North Star. Take a look at the Klan, Ku Klux Klan. After the Civil War, we saw a rise in the Klan. It was beaten down, only to rise up again in the 20s. In fact, in August of 1925, 30,000 fully clad Klansmen in their robes and pointed hats Marched down Pennsylvania Avenue, the streets of Washington. Imagine, imagine that today. And then the Klan was once again beaten back as it was after the Civil War. How? The courts, the press, and yes, presidents, stood against them. And that is the point. Our institutions often imperfectly stood against hate at moments when we were most tested. American presidents have stepped up in the past. George H.W. Bush renouncing his membership in the NRA. President Clinton after Oklahoma City. George W. Bush going to a mosque after 9-11. President Obama after Charleston, presidents who led, who opposed, chose to fight for what the best of American character is about. There's deafening silence now. Sadly, we don't have that today. Our president has aligned himself with the darkest forces in this nation, and it makes winning this battle for the soul of our nation that much tougher, harder, Trump doesn't understand what Franklin D. Roosevelt did. Roosevelt said the presidency is, quote, preeminently a place of moral leadership. He doesn't see what JFK did when he said only the president represents the national interest. He's blind to what Lyndon Baines Johnson said of the office when he said, quote, nothing makes a man come to grips more directly with his conscience than the presidency. Trump offers no moral leadership, seems to have no interest in unifying this nation, no evidence that the presidency has awakened his conscience in the least. Indeed, we have a president with a toxic tongue who has publicly and unapologetically embraced the political strategy of hate, racism, and division. So it's up to us, as it was in the 20s. It's up to us. We're living through a rare moment in this nation's history where our president isn't up to the moment, where our president lacks the moral authority to lead, where our president has more in common with George Wallace than he does with George Washington. You know? We are almost 330 million Americans who have to do what our president can't, stand together, stand against hate, stand up for what is best, our nation's best, when we're the best. In this nation, we believe when we're at our best. We believe in honesty, decency, treating everyone with respect, giving everyone a fair shot. Leaving nobody behind. Giving hate no safe harbor. Demonizing no one, not the poor, the powerless, the immigrant, or the other. Leading by the power of our example, not by the example of our power. That's allowed us to stand as a beacon to the world. Being part of something bigger than ourselves. It's a code. It's a uniquely American code. It's who we are. But Donald Trump doesn't get it. What this President doesn't understand is that, like every other nation on Earth, we're unable to define what constitutes American by religion, by ethnicity, or by tribe. You can't do it. America's an idea, an idea stronger than any army bigger than any ocean, more powerful than any dictator or tyrant. It gives hope to the most desperate people on Earth. And it's not only our values that are under assault, our democracies as well. A free press, an independent judiciary, a legislature that is a co-equal branch of government. These are the guardrails. These are the guardrails of our democracy. They're written into our Constitution. And if you've noticed, for the last two-plus years, they've been under attack. Phrases like, fake news, enemy of the people, they're no joke. They're insidious. They're corrosive. Just look around the world. The worst despots are now using Trump's language to justify their own abuses of power. Trump is trying to weaken our institutions, the press, the courts, the Congress, precisely because they are the only checks on his power. That's what this is all about, the abuse of power. If there's one thing I can't stand and I know you can't, is the abuse of power. Whether it's a boss taking advantage of his or her workers or a man who raises his hand to a woman or a child or a president who's running roughshod over everything this country believes and stands for. No matter how old or young you are, you've never seen anything like this in your lifetime. We're being reminded every day that there's nothing guaranteed about democracy, not even here in America. We have to constantly earn it. We have to protect it. We have to fight for it. I believe America is, in, as Lincoln named us, the last best hope on earth. But we have to remember why. It's not because we have the biggest economy, the strongest military in the history of the world. It's not because we have the most innovative entrepreneurs and the greatest research universities. That's all true. But it's not why we're America. The reason is, is, what we believe. The most powerful idea in the history of the world, I think, beats in the heart of the people of this country. It beats in all of us, no matter your race, your ethnicity, no matter your gender identity, your sexual orientation, no matter your faith. It beats in the hearts of the rich and poor alike. It unites America, whether your ancestors were native to these shores, whether they were brought here forcibly and enslaved, whether they are immigrants from generations back, like my family from Ireland, or those coming today looking to build a better life for their families. The American creed that we're all created equal was written long ago, but the genius of every generation of Americans has opened it wider and wider and wider to include those who have been excluded in the previous generation. That's why it's never gathered any dust in our history books. It's still alive today, more than 200 years after its inception. But I, honest to God, don't believe Donald Trump sees it that way. On January 20th, 2017, in his inaugural address, Donald Trump painted a dark, bleak picture of our country in crisis when he declared, and I quote, this American carnage stops right here. It stops right now. But as a sitting president, Trump's anger, hate, and divisiveness, pitting Americans against one another, preying on our divisions, and doing nothing, nothing about the endemic and the epidemic of guns is fueling a literal carnage in America. We now have more mass shootings in the year 2019 since January than we have days that pass since January 1, 2019. As of Monday, according to the data from the Gun Violence Archives, there have been 255 mass shootings in the first 217 days of this year. We can't. Let's, let's go on. We can't, and I will not let this man be reelected president of the United States of America. I can't. His incompetence, his immorality, his carnage stops with us right here, right now, starting in the Midwest. Limited to four years, I believe, and I really do believe this, that history will look back on this presidency as an aberrant moment in American history, but if Donald Trump is reelected, I believe he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation. If we give Donald Trump four more years, this will not be the country envisioned by Washington and Adams and Jefferson. If we give Donald Trump four more years, this will not be the nation bound together by Lincoln. If we give Donald Trump four more years, this will not be the nation lifted up by Roosevelt or inspired by Kennedy will not be the nation that Barack Obama proved toward bends toward justice. The danger the danger Donald Trump and the alt-right pose to this nation isn't hypothetical or exaggerated. It's real. The core values of this, this nation our standing in the world, our very democracy, everything that makes America, America is at stake. Folks, everyone knows who Donald Trump is, even the people who support him. We have to show them who we are. We choose hope over fear. We choose science over fiction. We choose unity over division. And, yes, we choose truth over lies. If we stand together, if we stand together, we will win the battle for the soul of this nation. We're the United States of America. There's not a single thing beyond our capacity if we stand together and get up and remember who we are. This is the United States of America, period. Thank you and may God protect our truth. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those yes we can yes, and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know, you already know. the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. it's a very and nasty places. And I don't care I don't how care tough you are. how well, it will beat it won't you to your knees, knees and keep you there permanently, permanently, permanently. you, that. You nobody nobody's gonna, 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 gonna hit as hard, hard as life. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. for little children. Yes, we can. tell you things are bad, everybody knows things are bad, it's a, it's a depression, in this lifetime you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself, it ain't about it ain't how hard you can, it's about it's how hard about you can get and keep, keep, keep moving forward, forward. how much forward. you can take and keep take moving forward. forward, that's how winning is done, welcome to public access America, America. Yes, we can. yes we can, now on Instagram and SoundCloud, We wanted to run out of, out of that tunnel for my dad, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, for Stitcher yes, Smoke the Stitcher, Radio, Podable, and more. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America, Access. history in the making, history. making history in the making, in the